You will notice that our gospel reading this morning is very long. It's right there in your bulletin. I'm not going to read it for you now, but instead I've interspersed the gospel reading throughout the sermon um, to make it a little more uh, palatable, shall we say. But please have it ready with you because we will be turning to it to read at many different points during the sermon this morning. But what I want to start off with today is a confession. I don't know about you, but sometimes, sometimes, I can get frustrated about certain things. And I'll get so frustrated that I'll just kind of give up, throw my hands up in the air and say, well, that's enough. For example, there have been moments recently where I have been so frustrated by the Tupperware drawer at my house because I'll be digging through the Tupperware drawer trying to find the top that fits the Tupperware that I need and I won't be able to find one that fits. And so I'll finally throw up my hands and say, fine, I'm just going to wrap the kids' lunches in aluminum foil. There are many, many other stories like this one that I could share about times when I experienced something stressful or difficult, and rather than address it head on, I just took the easy way out. Oftentimes, I didn't even realize I was doing this in the moment, but I'd look back and say that when things got uncomfortable or hard or stressful, that I would just return to what was familiar to me. So, I'm guessing that many of you also have stories like these. Times in your life where things were stressful or overwhelming or painful. Perhaps times when you found yourself retreating back to something comfortable and familiar. I wonder if that's what's happening with the Apostle Peter in this gospel reading that we have this morning. This entire gospel passage is fascinating and carries along some very strange details, as I'll point out in a second, about Peter's behavior after the resurrection. And now remember, Peter has been through an awful lot. He denied Jesus three times during Jesus's trial. He saw Jesus crucified on a cross, or at least heard about this horrific moment. And then he also witnessed Jesus risen from the dead. All of that is an awful lot for any human to experience, let alone in a condensed period of time. And so I wonder if this is why Peter was making some rather peculiar decisions in our gospel reading this morning. Look with me now at the beginning of this gospel reading from John 21. We read, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into a boat, but that night they caught nothing. We're going to stop there for a second. So Peter goes fishing. He goes back to what's easy for him. He goes back to what he knows. Peter was a fisherman before Jesus called him to be a disciple, and now in this tumultuous moment that Peter finds himself in, we see Peter returning back to what's comfortable and what's familiar. But I also want to point out that the text tells us that Peter caught nothing that entire night. Wait a second, he was a fisherman. I thought he was supposed to be good at this. But has this ever happened to you? Have you ever been so stressed or so overwhelmed that really simple tasks suddenly become difficult? Have you ever been so scattered or overworked that you were completely unable to remember the password to your computer? 
Or were you ever finding yourself late to a meeting, rushing around the house saying, where are my keys? Only to have a family member point out, they're in your hand. Scientists will tell us that intense stress can negatively affect our executive function. And I wonder if that's what's going on with Peter here. Is this why he couldn't catch any fish, even though he had been a fisherman for his entire life leading up to that point? Or maybe, here's an alternative, maybe Peter's heart just wasn't really into fishing that night. Maybe Peter was just so distraught and confused about all that he had lived through that he just needed to get out on the water and clear his head. We can't know for sure, but listen to what happens next. We read in verse 4, Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Children, have you no fish? And they answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were able to haul they now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. Okay, we stopped there. I really don't understand why Peter didn't catch a fish the entire night. Because it really sounds like there were plenty of fish right there for the taking. Wouldn't an experienced fisherman like Peter know to fish on the left and right side of the boat? Oh, but wait, there's more. Look back at verse 7. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked. And he jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far off from land, only about a hundred yards off. Okay, these two verses are really where we can see that there is something troubling our friend Peter. Peter didn't forget where he left his keys. No, apparently Peter forgot to put on clothes when he went fishing and spent the whole night not catching anything naked on a boat. And then, when he realizes that it's Jesus on the shore, Peter puts on his clothes and then jumps into the water to swim to shore. He is not thinking clearly. And best of all, the Gospel writer tells us that the boat wasn't even that far off. So in other words, Peter could have easily stayed on the boat and saved his clothes from getting all wet. But as I've been saying all along, Peter isn't thinking clearly. There's a lot going on in his head and in his heart that he's still processing. And sometimes when we find ourselves in deep, emotionally distraught circumstances like these, we don't make the best decisions either. I'm taking so much time to point all of this out to you this morning because I want you to know that you're not alone. I feel like a lot of times we can be afraid to admit when we've made mistakes or that we're having trouble dealing with the stress of life or that the emotional pain we're carrying is so overwhelming that we can barely function. I want you to know that if you've ever been in a situation like this, that you're not alone. In fact, the disciple Peter was once in a place just like this too. And I want you to know also that Jesus doesn't want you to give up. When you think about it, it kind of looked like Peter was just giving up that day at the beginning of this story we read. 
He'd left everything and followed Jesus around for three years, but now as he dealt with all of his guilt and all of his shame and all of his sorrow and confusion, he just decided to go back fishing again. To go back to being a fisherman and maybe just forget about this whole disciple of Jesus stuff. But Jesus wasn't going to give up on Peter. Jesus came back for Peter, and Jesus gave Peter a new way forward. After the disciples and Jesus had had breakfast on the beach, Jesus pulls Peter aside, and this is their conversation. It starts at verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And after this, Jesus said to him, follow me. It seems strange because Jesus asks almost the same question of Peter three times in a row and gives him the same general instructions. But the importance isn't in these subtle shifts of what Jesus says. The importance that Jesus asks Peter three times. Jesus was giving Peter three distinct chances to affirm his commitment to Jesus. Because remember, not long ago, Peter had denied even knowing Jesus three distinct times. You see, this isn't a simple conversation on the beach. This is a healing miracle. Jesus is healing the emotional pain that Peter was still holding on to. This strange conversation on the lakeshore was Jesus providing Peter with a second chance, an opportunity to put the past behind him and step forward into the future with renewed purpose. Sometimes in life, you are going to face incredibly difficult and painful moments. Just like Peter, we all are going to do things that we regret. We're going to lose friends and witness atrocities and be overcome with grief. And you very very well might feel like you don't know how to move past all of it. But I promise you, I promise you that if you keep your eyes and ears open, you will see the ways that Jesus is coming back for you to lead you onto a new path. And I'm not just talking about Jesus forgiving you and your, and your wrongs. Jesus didn't just say to Peter, hey, we're good now, let's just move on. Because Jesus is even better than that. He gave Peter the chance to redeem his past mistakes. To take what was broken and make it new. And it goes further than that because these affirmations that Peter gave to Jesus that day, this would become the beginning of a new life for Peter, one filled with affirmations of Jesus. 
Because as we know, Peter went on to proclaim in the cities and to argue with the high priests and to tell anyone who would listen that he was a follower of Jesus Christ and that Jesus is Lord. Friends, this is how God works. God doesn't just forgive. God redeems. All of humanity, all of this broken, messed up world that we live in will be redeemed by the power of God in Christ Jesus. That's the gospel promise. That's what the Bible is all about. Redemption is not just Peter's story. It's Rahab's story, and it's David's story, and it's Naomi's story, and it's Jacob's story, and it's Abraham's story, and it's Saul's story, and it's your story too. Your past mistakes, your sin, your failures, they're not just going to be brushed aside. No, because God's better than that. They're going to be redeemed. Those failures are going to be healed. That shame and that pain that you carry, God's going to take those mistakes and those burdens and turn it into something life-giving and beautiful. We don't have to go back to our old ways or to pretend like everything's fine or to hide or to just carry our guilt around with us forever. Because God has shown us and God has promised us that whatever our past may contain, God can find a way to redeem that. God takes our past and molds it into a new and hopeful future. Thanks be to God for this promise of resurrection and redemption. This promise that who we've been in the past can be brought into something new and life-giving and beautiful for the sake of the whole world. Amen.